Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. We are the Fantasy Joes. I'm Ryan Livergood, and joining me this evening are three gentlemen. First of all, Trey Barrett. What's up, Trey? Hey, man. How's it going? Good, good. Also, we've got Will Greenwood. Will, what's going on? Howdy. Just hanging out. And a very special guest. Our guest today is among the elite when it comes to knowledge about Debbie players. Annually, he publishes the Debbie Report, the most comprehensive document about college, football, uh, offensive skill position prospects in the land. You can hear him weekly on one of our favorite podcasts, the Dynasty Trade Calculator Podcast. And you can find him on Twitter at underscore Nick Whalen. That's right, boys and girls, joining us from the great state of Wisconsin, a fellow Bears fan, the one, the only Nick Whalen. Nick Whalen, what's going on? Hey, man. Uh, man you, I think you built me up a little bit too much, but uh, I think we really <laughs> need to emphasize that I'm a Bears fan in Wisconsin and how hard of a life that's been. So Oof. if you see me here, just be kind. That is that is rough. Or Nick, you... Be nice to Nick there in Wisconsin, you know. <laughs> yeah, buy me a beer. Give me some cheese. <laughs> You've heard I, it. I, I live in, in Lake County, um, just north of Chicago, Nick, and, and there are an amazing amount of Packers fans here. I mean, I'm like 20 minutes from uh, Bears headquarters, and still it seems like 25% of the people, 30% of the people are, are Packers fans. It's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, well, I mean, it's easy to be a Packers fan. For the last two decades, it's hard to be a Bears fan. So, so right now, you know, the bandwagon's there, you know. And, and here's the thing. So growing up here, I always thought once Favre retires, you know, once he's gone, it's <laughs> going to be easier for me. Then they get somebody better. Like, it can't get better than Aaron Rodgers. They can't do this three no. times in a row. It, and if they do it three times in a row, I'm likely moving. Okay. So if my, my <laughs> you know, my employer's listening to this, it's going to happen. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um yeah so nick in a second we're going to get into um get into our our mock draft but um but but this this way too early rookie mock draft it's not a super flex and trey i think you had a question about uh about super flex right in terms of of rookies in 2018 yeah i did and and you know this question goes back to even last so just a little background you know i think the three of us nick are um not new to fantasy football but relatively new within the last two years to dynasty. And of course the uh, super flex wave, I think is um, here. I think, you know, most of us play in a majority of super flex leagues. And I, I noticed last off season when I heard most podcasts talking rookies um, that there was just kind of minimal talk about the quarterbacks. And so I'm wondering what your take is. Of course, you know, the, the rookie quarterbacks this year have just had some sensational um, success uh, stepping in and, and putting up some ridiculous numbers with uh, Wentz and Watsons. Um, although I guess Wentz, is, he's in his second year, but, you know, Dak the year before, golf. So I'm just curious, as we look forward to the 2018 rookie class in a super flex format, who are the guys, you know, two or three names that you are putting at the top of that class, assuming that everybody that is eligible or is expected to declare will declare? And where do you think they should be taken in a Superflex format? No, that's a really good question. And as you kind of alluded to, I think Superflex is one of those formats that's just gaining momentum, just like Debbie just like IDP, they're, just, they're, they're growing. I mean, the whole industry is growing, and that, that's fun. You know, then we get more podcasts like this to talk football about. You know, we all like football. So, uh, But in the Superflex format, um, for, for me personally, last year, and again, not because I'm a Bears fan, but Trubisky was – I call him Truthbisky, by the way. But he was my number <laughs> one by, by a wide margin. I was anti-Watson, and I know, you know, I'll have to eat a little crow there. But again, I don't – here's the deal. Just like with – Kareem Hunt, just like with Alvin Kamara, Watson was in a hot stretch there. He's not going to stay that hot. Just like Hunt cooled off, Kamara's going to cool off too, everybody. So, you know, I, I think he's going to come back down to earth, but I don't think those other, that second-tier quarterbacks of Mahomes and Kaiser and Watson, I don't think that they had 
great potential off the bat. It was going to be a little bit of development, and we'll see how Watson does. Of course, he's surrounded by two first-round picks with Watson and Fuller. So to take it, you know, to answer your question with this year, um, the hype was there initially, and then we have some guys that really faltered in terms of their progression. And if I start with kind of like a back-end guy, Luke Falk's a guy that I really liked. He didn't really take a step. He maybe took a step back this year. I kind of liked him as more of a uh, Andy Dalton type of guy that could be a, more of a system player if you surrounded him. And then the next guy up from him probably would be like a Mason Rudolph, who I've not been a fan of. He didn't really progress, even though he's in a great system surrounded by tons of talent there. I mean, Marcel Aitman's a, a Debbie wide receiver that I've, I've liked for years. He took a step up. James Washington, as we know, is a stud. And, you know, he has good running backs. I mean, and it, he just didn't do it even in the big games. So he faltered. Then you look at Josh Allen and what a downfall he had this year. And I was super high on him. He was my number two quarterback coming into the year. The strongest arm I've ever seen on a film, even from an NFL guy. But, man, you can't put up numbers like that and expect to get a, a big hype. I saw a mock draft, actually, where he's going five overall. That won't happen. So, He'll be a late first. Maybe if he declares, he should go back to school. So he disappointed, but also Sam Darnold disappointed this year. He didn't take the next step. Um, so I think we're, we're simmered a little bit on the class, but the two guys or the three guys at the top would be uh, Josh Rosen, who I think is very safe. He has a high floor, but a high ceiling as well, because he has all the tools. The thing I like about him that people don't talk about are the little things, the ball fakes. He, uh, sets his feet and then when he has to move in the pocket because of presence he'll reset his feet which is really important I mean because you know guys that aren't that athletic Peyton and and Brady they reset their feet quickly because when you reset it then you can get the ball out and it's going to be accurate Uh, but he has a good arm he makes great throws as we saw sometimes he tries to get too cute make too good of throws but um, so he's at the top where, where should he go? In my opinion, he should go in a super flex right behind the top three. So when you have Barkley, well, we'll get into what you guys have, but my top three is Barkley, Sutton, and Geis. So I think he would go maybe that one, three, one, four. Uh, and then and then it's kind of a toss-up. And I haven't dove in as deep as I want to, but then you have Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. Well, Lamar Jackson is a quarterback. Okay. If you don't think he's a quarterback, you're not watching film. Okay. He's progressed, which is what you want to see in a quarterback, making better reads. Um, I really had issues with him, just like I had JT Barrett, of making that second, third level throw. Because the first level throw, those are easier. But when you have to get a little loft on it, you have to make that read, see where the safety's flowing to. He wasn't doing that. But this year, he did a better job of that. So those are things that uh, I always look for to see that, that development. And Jackson did it. Baker Mayfield's had a great year, as we saw. We'll see how that, a little bit of his... Um, swagger we'll call it we'll see how people like that but I kind of like being a quarterback I want a little confidence you know what I mean Phil Burvers is like that so like that. Uh, those those two guys are, are the next ones I'd say um and I, I would put them in a super flex I put them probably uh that mid to late like that one eight one nine one ten range okay cool yeah that's I was really curious because I know for instance last year in the rookie drafts that I participated in even in super flex formats, most of them, there was only like one quarterback taken in the first round. And um, I'll tell you too, like a lot of our, you know, we're all three of us kind of cut our teeth and podcasts and stuff, listening to the fantasy footballers. And so their preferred scoring format is half PPR. So um, I'll tell you that a lot of those leagues running backs get pushed up in rookie drafts because in the half PPR format, the running backs tend to be so you know, I'll say that there were a lot of running backs last year that kind of, I think, pushed the quarterbacks down. So I, I, I just, as I'm looking back on the rookie drafts from last year, which was really my first year of rookie drafts, I'm just trying to learn moving forward, especially as it relates to the quarterback. So that's good. That's, that's some good info. Well, I think that the biggest part with all that is you're thinking what your format's like. When it's super flex, you want to start two quarterbacks. So right there, the 24 out of the 32 are going to start. But when you look at running back, or you look at wide receiver, you know, it might be the second wide receiver on a, on a team, like a Will Fuller, for instance. So now you're looking at, you know, 64 potential wide receivers you could start. And running back with all these committees, you're probably looking at a pool of 45 to 50. With quarterback, it's so limited. So I think that they shouldn't get dismissed as much. Now, again, they might not hit. They might not be amazing. They might, you know, injuries here or there. But I think that they should be invested in. Yeah. Well, and it seems to me I've heard a lot of people talking about how 
the the best value if you're in in a dynasty league the best the best time to buy a quarterback is in the startup because the the price is only going to be higher like it's kind of hard to trade for quarterbacks in a superflex league but i feel like i haven't seen that translate in the rookie um drafts and again i'm i'm looking at a small i'm my experience level is small but it's just kind of something i'm i'm interested in looking and seeing how that changes this year moving forward which it's kind of why I wanted to get your because, and I, I remember, you know, talking, I think it was on the dynasty trade cast. You guys talked rookies within the last few weeks. And um, I was just curious because it seems like a lot of times the quarterbacks get, you know, talked about more as an afterthought. They don't get discussed in that first round. No, I mean, they, they get hyped up in ESPN and, and whatever program. Cause they always just talk about quarterbacks, but I think the time to acquire those guys, my preference anyway, is, kind of at the end of the rookie year here, maybe this offseason, because corrects make the biggest jump year one to year two. We saw it with golf. We saw it with Wentz. Even if you look at Blake Bortles, Bortles made a big jump. You know, year yeah. two is when he had that big year with Allen Robinson, and everyone, you know, loves Bortles now. But again, he made that jump, and that's kind of where you can get that value, I feel like. So yeah. for me, I wouldn't be looking at Watson because his hype train is, is out of control. I'd be looking at Mahomes and Trubisky. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I like it too. Um, Will, do you, you have any questions for Nick before we get into our way too early rookie mock draft? I think uh, more amount I'll save until we get into the, to the draft picks. Uh, my only comment on drafting quarterbacks in the rookie draft is, man, uh, in, in life and in learning in dynasties, I'm just not an overly patient person. And to have those roster spots sit, like if you're all of a sudden contending and to not move those guys and just kind of sit on them, uh, from what I've noticed for me is just it's more difficult than I initially thought it would be. Uh, you know, like, you know, drafting wide receiver over a running back, you know, that could get some production early or even like a quarterback uh, and taking the, you know, using that pick that isn't, that isn't uh, potentially going to satisfy, you, you know, you kind of want for fantasy points right away. Uh, something is, that I'm learning as I go along. And so I like the, I really enjoy the opinions on taking quarterbacks in the first round because I, I mean, I was thinking like late first for these guys. Uh, and you're talking about moving these, you know, 104, 105 after the first three. And so it's, it's really, uh, I guess, insightful. Hey, Waylon, really quick before we get into the mock, what is, what is your philosophy exactly on like, like when you look at dynasty, what, what kind of window do you look at? Cause some people say three to five years. Do you look beyond that? Does it depend on the player? What, what's your, what's, what's your, your philosophy? Well, well, I'm pretty biased because I have this, really long lens because of the something called the Devry report. So I'm always looking at, I can, I can look at these classes and I can see, Hey, this is going to be a running back class. This is going to be a wide receiver class, check out tight ends like last year. I mean, uh, so I'm always kind of looking there and again, this isn't good, but I always think I can beat the game. Right. So I'm always like, Oh, I can mm -hmm. just, I can extend my, you know, my dynasty, you know, window, uh, hopefully continually is, is, is my goal anyway. Uh, so I, I would say that me and uh, a good friend, Ryan McDowell, are probably about the same where we're always are trying to stay young as we can. Now, again, there's, there's a fear with that because generally the younger you are, the least likely you are to win because those players aren't fully developed. They're not peaking, all that. But um, yeah, I, I really don't have a window because I'm always trying to stay young. Like For instance, um, this worked out so well for me this year. I traded, uh, well, two different trades. I moved Adam Thielen, Elijah Holyfield, and like some fab money for Kevin White, which didn't work out. But then I moved Kevin White and Antonio Brown for Mike Evans because I was like, oh, I'll get five extra years. That worked out <laughs> awesome this year. So, uh, you know, you win and you lose some. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it happens to all of us. Uh, all right, so I think we're, we're ready to get into it, guys. Let's get into this way too early 2018 rookie muck draft. Uh, this is uh, not a super flex league, listeners. So, um, and, and we we did this in the the, the order we decided we would take turns based on where we were with the hot bold spicy takes. So our very own Trey Barrett, who's last, gets to go first. He gets the one on one. So I don't think we really needed to, to discuss what the order was. Um, yeah, right. I don't think I so mean, either. I think we just pulled it randomly. Is that what we did? Based on a, a, a randomness. <laughs> hey, I'm making a comeback, fellas. You are making a few a weeks comeback. left. You are making a comeback. The hot takes are getting. Warmer. Oh, I'm getting worse. I think I'm in the negative now. 
So Trey, um, are you gonna, you want to announce your pick? This is you know you have a way to announce a drum roll, or whatever. It's a we're all there. A lot of suspense. A lot of players you could have taken it with the one hundred and one. A lot of controversy. I thought. Now hold on a minute. I thought in the first round we get fifteen minutes. So I'm just put. You just put me on the clock, right? I have a little time here. It's a very big decision. Future of my franchise is at stake. We'll get the background um, conversations I, going, like the mumblings of the crowd. I'll yeah. boo every pick or cheer one. That's right. Where's the commission? Hey, no, hey, I, no, no matter what, take Mac, right? Isn't that the... <laughs> yeah, that's a... Oh, what a great movie. I, I liked it. Even though people trashed it, I liked uh, it. It's funny, dude. I, I kid you not, like this last year, <laughs> I was... The night before the NFL draft, I was up like looking at some work stuff and I put the movie on my laptop and was kind of had the movie playing and found myself watching like most of it. Yeah. It's a fun movie around draft time. What and this is I, this is totally derailing and I apologize, but nah, this is just it's, how it's I am. Life. When when I was when I was a kid, okay, on Saturday mornings, most people watched cartoons, right, or you know Jimmy Houston and you know fishing or whatever. I watched taped NFL drafts like that's all the awesome. time. And it was just, I mean, that's just kind of where my <laughs> sickness has always been at. So that's right awesome. at my alley, man. Where'd you get that from? Did it was it just in did was there family or was it just intrinsically you were just a drawn to the to the my, nfl draft so so my dad had the 19 so i was born in 85 my dad had the 89 92 uh and 93 uh drafts taped and i found myself watching I'm like wow this is awesome and I, you know mel kuyper I mean, he looks young man yeah. <laughs> and i was watching all that stuff and then so so we started getting into it and then it was yeah. basically every year after that 94 you know um and on we were doing mock drafts as it was going like who who got more right who got more wrong and i was i was into it man i mean my my first and this is totally dating things but my first miss like i was like oh this guy's gonna be good was alex molden a corner who went to the saints and he actually tore up his knee didn't have a very good career but like that was in 95 i was 10 and i was like oh i really like this guy i think he's gonna do well like a sleeper you know i'm 10 it was crazy yeah yeah that's awesome man that's super awesome. I'm always interested to find out, like you said, like, uh, you know, the story behind everybody's illness. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, th this is not, no need to be dramatic here. Saquon Barkley is the 101. Um, the only thing I'll say is um, I'm beginning to wonder, I don't own the 101 in any leagues, but I mean, some of the conversations I've heard him talked about, I know he looks great. He did incredible at Penn State, but considering that he is, um, not even, we don't even know where he's going to go and not that it's going to matter because someone's going to spend a lot of draft capital on him. He's going to get a ton of touches. Um, I'm just like, anytime I see a rookie come in like this, that's just getting so much hype where he's being talked about as like a top six or top eight startup pick. I just am, you know, so nervous. And the, the hall that people are saying, saying that they can get right now for the one-on-one it's like in my head, I think, man, if I own the one-on-one on the day of the rookie draft, I would be selling it. Um, but I think that, you know, there's not much drama surrounding the one-on-ones. So, Saquon Barkley, it is. Ooh, yeah. So, Waylon, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think of Barkley? Is, is, uh, is what Trey's – do you think you, – you would, you, would you trade the one-on-one if you're on the clock? Uh, not, a, not a chance. I mean, I like Saquon Barkley. Uh, well, I, I'll take that back. I think that his hype is maybe getting too much which it generally happens. It's going to continually go up. I think he's a really, really good player. And I talked about this actually in DTC podcast. I don't think we've released the latest one, but um, I, I really like him. And he's going to be, I think, a better fantasy player than an NFL player just because of the pass-catching ability. Hmm. But, you know, there's always a chance he's not going to be amazing. You know, there, I mean, that's still there. And, oh, and yeah. we're, we're already – he's already a hall of famer. I mean, I think people are making his bust already. So I, I, I just think we need to tap the brakes a little bit, even though I really like him. I have him in Debbie leagues all over. Just yeah. tap the brakes a little bit. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> on the bus, if you've never seen it, go look up the Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, sculpture that somebody made of him. Uh, that's what I think of when I, when I think of like a bronze sculpture of anybody now. So it, it'll be funny once you see it. Side track city here. Uh, and so with the 102, uh, Mr. Will Green walked on the stage. And so I was, I was kind of deciding between, I, so I, without doing or diving too much into it, I just, I guess when it comes to running backs versus wide receivers, I have a really hard time not favoring running backs. So I went Geis, Darius Geis with the 102. 
And just, uh, I, I know it's super kind of chalky between those three. And it just, to me, seems like a really easy second pick. And he potentially has the opportunity. I mean, obviously, this is speculating as, as uh, this draft is. But maybe he'll land in a little bit better spot because he'll be a little bit further down the draft board. And, you know, it's kind of what you hope for at this point. All right, Waylon, that's not, not your number two player. What do, what do you think of this pick? It's a, a bit of a reach for Geis? Well, I think Geis is a little overhyped right now. I think he's a, he's a good back. He's got the size. Um, he's a good athlete. He's got power. He doesn't move how I want a running back to move all the time. I don't think, I think he's a little bit more of a running back or an athlete than a running back. Um, kind of in the similar to like a Jonathan Stewart, you know, but Stewart's bigger, you know what I mean? And more lumbering. Um, because I mean, when you look at someone like Barkley, they set up those cuts, they see that vision. And when you watch Barkley, or I'm sorry, Geist, and you look at, no, don't look at highlights, watch the actual film. He misses holes. He doesn't necessarily see things. He doesn't cut and time it out just right. Now, again, that doesn't mean he's not a good player. This is me saying he's not an elite player. I think he's a really good player. But, you know, I, that's another thing. This is a side tangent. People think you literally have to love or hate somebody. There is a there is a gray area. There's a humongous gray area in there. I mean, Geis was my number one running back in this class. My first debut report, Barkley was number five. So, I mean, they, they, you know, I was a fan of them all the time. But I think that, you know, Geis is very good. Barkley is elite. So I wouldn't have him 102 just because of the injuries, because running backs can get hurt, suspended, uh, bust at a much higher rate than wide receivers, in my opinion, even though the wide receiver class this year didn't do so hot. Um, <laughs> but I like, I like a guy with the size uh, of Sutton over someone like Geis. So speaking of Sutton, at the 103 to Ryan Livergood, Cortland Sutton has fallen to me. I'm so thrilled. What do you think of the pick, Waylon? Um, great pick, Ryan. I agree with you. You win the draft. Yes. Like he actually didn't have that as a 103. He changed it live on the air. You can look in the show. I'm kidding. Oh. So what, uh, so what about the concerns though with, uh, I mean, cause I mean, I, uh, concerns, I, I mean, if you just look at the stats, people that just look at the numbers, they see that his numbers are not as good as what you might have anticipated this year um is isn't there another wide receiver on that team that's actually the leading wide receiver if, if i'm not mistaken well yeah it's Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn was a five-star wide receiver recruit that went to lsu and then transferred there i mean he runs like a 4-4 i mean he's good <laughs> he's not now again he's not on sutton's level he'll probably be a a day three nfl pick um but again it's it's, it's the same thing with Corey davis right daniel braverman had this great year what's gonna happen right. you know Give, give me the guy that's 6'4", 215, and he's getting double teamed and lots of attention. He still has really good numbers. Uh, it's not like he like fell off like, uh, let's say, Equinemius St. Brown, or if we want to go even deeper in the Debbie pool, someone, um, oh, man, uh, Jordan Villeman, if we remember him. So this guy's completely fell off the radar. Um, and, and this is the thing I think people need to concentrate on that I always look for. Don't look for level of competition the system that they play in, or the stats. Look at individual traits. Do they do this well? Okay. And if they do that well, do they do that multiple times, three to five times? You know. So if they do one spin move as a running back, can they do that multiple times and make guys miss? Okay, then you know that's in their repertoire. Sutton has so many of these traits, and for a 6'4 guy, he's flexible. He has good ball skills, and he can run routes in ways that 6'4 guys shouldn't do that. Actually, I, I posted a, a video of him making moves and making guys miss. At 6'4", 215, making guys miss? It's insane. That's why, that's why he's highly regarded. Nice. No, I'm excited. I've got the 102 in a league, and, and uh, you know, he's, he hopefully will be sitting there for me. So, no, I'm, I'm excited. Um, okay, Trey, you've got the 104. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll have to say with the, this was a tough pick because there's several guys I really like on the board here. And um, the guy that I actually selected uh, may not even end up being in the uh, 2018 draft class. Um, the, I think that the, the more and more we move along, I think that we might get a couple of these high-end prospects returning to USC to try and win a title. And, and, and I think it'll probably improve, improve those, both of their draft stock. But again, you know, I, I, since a lot of the dynasty leagues I'm playing in um, are half PPR, the value of the running backs um, are, is just so much greater. And so 
I'm going to go with uh, Ronald Jones out of USC. If he, if he is in the draft, I like his size. I like his all-around ability. To, I think he can be a three-down running back. I think in the right position, he could end up being – really could end up being a steal at the fourth spot, um, depending on where he ends up. If he gets into a scheme where they're going to use him, some, a, a team that needs a three-down back and uses him at three-down back, um, I think that he could be an excellent, excellent pick at the fourth spot. Hey, Trey, I'm just curious, who were the other guys you were – I mean, we kind of know who the guys are, but I'm just curious who the, you were going between there. The biggest guys for me are and, – and I'm a big uh, – being a Gator fan, man, I watch SEC football rid- religiously. So a guy that I would potentially take this high is Calvin Ridley um, and then James Washington. And, and Washington's a guy – I'm in a couple Debbie leagues. Washington's a guy I took in one of the startups. I did kind of a punt year one and went Debbie heavy. Um, and so I uh, – James Washington, Calvin Ridley would, would be the two guys that I would probably take in that spot if I decide to go receiver. I'd have a hard time deciding between them now. Um, I'd probably go James Washington because I think he's just more of a pure wide receiver prospect. But, oh, man, I don't know. I just – I love – every time you watch Alabama football, Calvin Ridley just making plays. Um, mm. Reminds me a lot of our Darius Stewart. You know, like he didn't flash the same way, but – you know, I, I think it's just a guy that makes plays. I mean, Ridley, I think Ridley has a much, much better, you know, ceiling as a, an NFL prospect than uh, Stewart does, but just right. Right. always yeah. making plays, man. And I feel like he's been in Alabama for like seven years. <laughs> well, he's old enough to be like that. I mean, yeah. he's going to be, he's only six months younger than Amari Cooper. Yeah. Wow, that's why I, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm with you. Those, those are the next three, in my opinion. And, and that's the battle it's going to be. Um, it's going to kind of be your flavor, I think. Yeah. Well, speaking of flavors, uh, we'll hit this up uh, here really quick. The, with the 105, uh, again, uh, running back Will here. I'm going with, with Bryce Love. Uh, I, so just looking, kind of, I haven't seen a ton of games of what he's been doing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, because he puts up these, like, crazy monster stats. And I was watching them when they were playing, uh, I can't remember, like, the last game. And he just, he's kind of like, he's, he, and I'm not the best film evaluator by any means. But it's, it's more to him. Like, he seems like he's very, very passionate about the game. And along with that and what he's doing and just the counting stats that he's put up, I'd have a really hard time not taking him uh, at this point as far as, like, me just, like – and I've, at this point, because uh, I kind of want to take Ronald Jones here. When that was taken in our draft, uh, the, when, the, when the clock started, I was just going to go Bryce Love next. All right, Waylon, what do you think? I, I don't like the pick. I'm sorry, Will. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's uh, fine. I'm not going to be offended. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, I think Love should be further down on this board. I know that you love running backs, and I, we had just talked about those two receivers. I think that the 104, 105, 106 should be Jones, you know, Washington, Ridley, in some type of an order. And uh, Love's not even my next running back. Um, and we'll, we'll, I'll talk about him whenever he comes up. But my, my concern with Love is his the system it's a great system for him to be in and he's pretty straight line he's not very powerful although he runs hard for his size but those hips don't allow him to make those and i like to call them like those 45 degree cuts where you can make that cut and you don't lose a lot of momentum if he has to change direction and he doesn't set guys up well he beats people because he's a better athlete in speed but it's not gonna be like that at the next level and we can see how that works with christian mccaffrey you got to have some of the power. You got some of those cuts, and he doesn't really have it right now. Um, and I hate to compare them just because they went to the same school, but they're they're similar with those tight hips. Um, so, not I think McCaffrey's a much better athlete than Love, but I just think this is really misplaced. I mean, I'm I'm nervous taking Love at all in the first round. I know he's probably gonna be a late first round pick, but I just have some big concerns with them. I mean, that's hurtful. We uh, we have. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I guess we'll get to my, my 106. So I've already won the draft, and maybe this will help solidify that. I, I'm taking James Washington, who's still on the board with uh, the 106. Uh, Waylon, what do you think? That, that, that's the next best value. So apparently, Ryan, they just want you to, to win the draft. Um, Washington, I know people are going to label him as just a deep ball you know, threat. I think he can do more than that. He's got a different build to him, kind of like Ridley does, where it's not as much of an east-to-west kind of a guy. He's more north-south, but he's better after the catch than people give him credit for. He's a better route runner than people give him credit for. But he tracks the ball so well, creates separation on those deep passes, 
and he can high point the ball. Those are all really nice traits that, you know, that, that's how that's how Hopkins wins deep down the field. Is Hopkins the best athlete? No, he's not. He does all those little things well. Uh, and Washington doesn't get, give credit for it. And if you look at Mason Rudolph, who I don't like, Washington makes him look really good all the time. Doesn't Hopkins have like like baby sized hands or something? Like like not not like baby hands, but like literally baby sized hands. I'm not sure. Like, it's not it's not like Tasha Sharp. <laughs> I didn't does Tasha Sharp have big hands? I don't know. Like Tasha Sharp has tiny hands. Tiny hands. Oh yeah. No, I'm saying like DeAndre Hopkins has massive hands. Like they did a whole photo oh. shoot of ho- him holding like puppies and kittens and things to show how big his hands were. Oh wow. Like, I don't know that. He's, yeah, he's got like giant hands. Like, I mean, he's carrying a whole team. Maybe the size of babies is what no. I was trying to say. Like, he's not, not, anyway. So, Trey, does your 107 have giant hands? Right. You know, I'm not sure that he does. And I, you know what? I'm going to have to demand a recount on this winning the draft thing. I mean, I've already, I've already <laughs> put two Hall of Famers on my roster and Ronald Jones and the uh, 101 and overall in Dynasty Startups in 2018, Saquon Barkley. And now I get to come back with the seventh pick and take a guy that I could have very easily taken when I was on the clock at the 104 and throw Calvin Ridley on with those two running backs. I mean, I, I don't even feel like I need to make my next pick. I, I can just log off. And uh, I think that the winning the draft might have been a little premature there, Ryan. I think you might have celebrated early. Uh, hey, like the, just, uh, Browns we, we are the Fancy Joes. We've got a pro on with us. I'm just referring to his expertise, right? So. That's true. <laughs> I should have directed that at Nick. That's true. Yeah. So Calvin Ridley for me is a pretty easy, this, like I said, I was, I was pretty intrigued to consider him with my last at the one Oh four. And, you know, I think at the one Oh seven, he's a, a solid guy, even though he, you know, is 28 or however old he is. I, I think he's a great, I think he could be a, a great contributor um, pretty early on the, the maturity. I think, I think the leadership it's, it's a, anytime you can, grab someone that's played in that system you know it's basically a, a pro system going going on there in Alabama with Nick Saban so I think he's going to be pretty fantastic all right Waylon what do you think no is the best value on the board besides this other guy that I that I like um you know, Ridley's going to be a really interesting case study, in my opinion. He's got these really long strides, but he's a, he's a good quick twitch athlete. Can make guys miss, but he's thin. So I, I, I'm curious to see how he can handle press, break, physical corners at the next level. He's older, which people don't like that as well. Um, in, in my head, I'm picturing Calvin Ridley as an NFL wide receiver two and probably a fantasy football wide receiver three type. I think he's probably going to be more – valuable to an NFL team than to a fantasy team, but he still has the potential to do it. I'm just not sure he's going to get a humongous target share, but I think he could have a decent NFL career, you know, for a long time, just because he is fundamentally sound in so many areas. All right. Um, well, you're 108. I'm not even sure we, we may have to throw the penalty flag here. Cause I'm not even sure he's eligible to come out um, into the 2018 draft, but, go, but go ahead, go ahead and, this was mentioned on the, the Dynasty Trade Calculator podcast. Yeah. Uh, oh, does it? So I think this is counts. Eligible? Let's get the so, thumbs up. Uh, I think he's a redshirt sophomore. I think he's a redshirt sophomore, so it's three years after college. Oh, no, my, my uh, bad. I, I guess eligible. I'm just jealous. And it's kind of just going like I'm, – I'm, I think I'm just buying at this point the athleticism profile. And uh, and it's funny because maybe I'm just like, you guys can't see this, but I'm like, like trying to reach here and make my – and just maybe a, a boom-bust pick with, with Auden Tate. From Florida State, I know that they're just, they were just terrible as a team this year, and so he's not going to put up these monster stats. I'll be interested to see what he ends up testing out at, what his actual height is and weight and things like that. Um, but from everything I've heard and and seen, he just seems like a really great prospect. And at this point, I got some catching up to do, I guess, in the draft. So I was going with Auden Tate. Well, in 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 my view here, Will, um, you know, you go make a move like this. And you somewhat redeem yourself. Not all the way. You somewhat redeem awesome. yourself because I really like Auden Tate. He's been high um, on my list for a while. He um, really, if you were to like compare him, he's like a poor version of Sutton to me. He's going to be bigger. He's going to be 6'5", 230. So he's going to be a little bit bigger than Sutton. But he's, he's pretty flexible and athletic for a big guy, which you want to see. Um, he just hasn't had the volume. He hasn't had that opportunity. So we don't know, but he's a great red zone threat. Um, big catch radius, 
Um, I've seen some decent routes from him, which is kind of the biggest concern with big guys, a.k.a. Doriel Green Beckham, John Baldwin, all these busts. So I think that he can overcome that. I just don't think he's going to go round one. He's probably going to be a, a day two guy. If he comes out with a small statistical profile, which, you know, is tough. So then we're looking at those traits as I said earlier, but I do like his traits. So at this point in the draft, it's a good gamble. Yeah, you know, it's it, with the new coaching regime too. I don't know if that changes, uh, like statistically, if players are going to come out or not. That was one of the, I don't know. He just seemed like a, a, a decent risk reward pick at this point. Yeah, well, that's interesting because with Willie Taggart there in Florida State, uh, he went to Oregon, and Royce Freeman decided to stay in school. So it, that could be the case here too. So at the 109, I haven't drafted any running backs yet, and there's a guy on the board that I like. So I'm taking Nick Chubb, um, uh, who I, I, you know, just just seeing him this year, he seems like he, he's getting stronger this year. I'm excited about getting him at the 109. So, so Waylon, what do you think about Nick Chubb here at the 109? That's a great pick. I mean, can we just pour one out for Nick Chubb and what yeah. could have been? I mean. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, just elite and just amazing with the instincts and with the power that he had. He just doesn't have all of it back. Will he ever have it all back? I don't even know if it's all physical at this point. I think there's a little bit of it that he's just not quite as explosive. He even lost weight to get a little bit more explosive this year. And I didn't see all of it. I think it's a confidence issue. I think it's a when, – when you saw him his freshman year, he had that, he had that dog in him. He wanted to fight and he wanted it bad. I don't know that he wants it that bad. I, some have Sony Michelle over him straight up as an NFL prospect. Yeah. I'm not quite there. I think that Sony Michelle could potentially be a better fantasy asset because of the pass catching ability and the make, making defenders miss. But I think that we're, we're hyping up Chubb a little bit more than we should because we want him to be what he used to be, kind of like Marcus So where, where are you comfortable taking him then? Uh, so you're, you're thinking he's like a late first, early second then? Or where, where do you think he fits? Yeah, I, th- I think this is an, a decent spot to have him. I still have a running back that I like ahead of him, um, but he's been falling down okay, on my enough. list a little bit. Oh, man. Uh, so I was, I was pulling him up as we were talking. Do you know how many catches uh, Nick Chubb has had this year? I think it's less than ten, right? Like six catches. Uh, looks like looks like he has uh, a total of three receptions. Wow! Just, and I, so I was watching the the Georgia Auburn game, and I don't I don't know about the NFL prospects. And the one thing I could say I learned bef- as before we continue on is that uh, I, I will be purchasing the Devery report this year because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of uh, more. Like I'm just you know I, we're we're newer to this. We're the Joes. We're not the pros yet. Uh, and there, I think there's just some one great reading material and things that you can go through and two, just more you can learn about players. Cause there's a lot more than just counting sets that go into these things. So like, uh, you know, Nick Chubb could have great hands and in, in the previous, you know, could be a decent route runner from years past, but this year, like nothing shows that, uh, in his counting stats. So anyway, just an interesting note. Mm-hmm. And Sony Michelle looks more explosive on tape or on that, in that, sorry, the SEC championship game. I feel like Sony Michelle looked like the more explosive player. Uh, as I was watching it. But again, that's just from the, you know, the fan's eye. Well, he makes those, like I said, those 40, and I like to call those pressure cuts, those 45 degree cuts. He's more explosive out of those breaks than a Chubb is who goes a little bit more of that 90 degrees and kind of loses his momentum. But again, Chubb has these tree trunk legs and power. He can burst through some of that, which helps, but yeah, he just doesn't have all of that back. And uh, it's just sad. It just makes me so sad just to think of Nick Chubb at any time. Oh, so <laughs> and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Sony Michelle pretty high? Wasn't he like four or five star recruit coming out of high school to Georgia? Well, yeah. It, it, I mean, that's that's the story with Georgia, right? I mean, you have Keith Marshall, yeah. who's a higher recruit than Todd yeah. Gurley. Gurley yeah. turned out better. Sony Michelle was a higher recruit than than Chubb yeah. was, and he turned out better. So that's that's yeah. the thing. If you if you in Debbie drafts get the second best recruit out of Georgia. Right. Although I disagree with that because I was high on Elijah Holyfield and Samir White. That's a little drop. Oh, yeah. running back this year, even though he tore his ACL. So when Isaiah Crowell was there too. I mean, he, they, they've had yeah. some, some incredible talent. And I think one of the things about Michelle, I heard someone talking about him the other day, you know, I think people underestimate how, you know, even though he's more of a pass catching back and quick, I mean, he, I don't think there's any reason he can't be used at the goal. I mean, he's over 200 pounds. I think he's like 5'10", 5'11", 210 or something. I mean, it's Correct. not like he can't become a three down back. I mean, I think he's a guy 
who, at least for me, could be, and of course, I'm always a little more biased with the SEC players because I'm more familiar with them, but he's a guy that for me, if I'm picking in the, you know, early second round or, you know, mid-second round, if I could get a Sony Michelle in these half PPR leagues where running backs are a little bit more valued, I would be ecstatic because I think he could, in the going in the right spot, could could be great. Well, if you, I mean, as you said, when you have a guy that has been, not utilized as much because of a better running back. You want to talk about a comparison. Alvin Kamara is kind of it. Oh, yeah. The guy who can pass, catch, make good cuts, catch out of the backfield, utilize that way. He's not as explosive as Kamara. You have this underutilized guy, and that that could be actually the the poor version of him. Now, again, he's not going to Sean Payton in that system where he's utilized perfectly, and they're using flare screens, and, you know, there's only one defender, and there's a blocker. I mean, mean, Kamara's had it, like, perfect. It's been, you know – yeah. You know, the, he's been eating the cake, you know, and or bake, baking it and eating it too. So, you know, I think we have to be careful, but I agree with you. I think he could be a better fantasy asset. What if he went somewhere like Detroit, though? You know, where like where it's Detroit throws in a little bit of investment in improving the offensive line blocking where you got a decent quarterback. I mean, I'm just, you know, I, there's a ton of position. There's a, there's a ton of teams that need quarterback or running backs that, you know, could be attractive spots for three down. Let's yeah, do well, another backs, fun. But- Let's, Another yeah. fantasy goes quiz of how many receptions does Sony Michelle have this year? Thirty-five is my guess. I wasn't going to go that high. I was going to say like maybe twenty-five, but that's. I'll take the over. He has he has five. <laughs> he has five receptions this oh, year. Damn. So, uh, five. Yeah, pulling it up in twenty seventeen. Sony Michelle. Okay. Uh, this, I mean, just on ESPN and they're and they're and uh, looking at it. Yeah, he has a total of five receptions for fifty-five yards. He has great hands. Right? He does. Well, I mean, he had. Is it, but that's, that's what, so that's the county stats versus reality. Yeah, uh, right, take. Right, Again, right. No, I mean, not to like have the dev report too much, but just another reason why you should probably buy it. You know, <laughs> right. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's right. All right. I'm going to get us back on. Well, go ahead, Ryan. What were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'll talk about it later. So I'm going to get us, get us back. I'm up, right? With the one, yeah, this up. is worth a 110. You are up, sir. So I'm going, this is a pick I was, I felt a lot better about after I made it. And then, you know, the next two picks were made and I was just like, oh, I don't know. This is a guy I'm just not really sure about. But the upside um, at the 10th spot, you know, um, Equinemia St. Brown with easily the best name in the first round without a, a question. Um, he just completely disappeared this year. I have no clue. He's another guy in that same draft where I took James Washington. I took Deion Kane and I took Equinemia St. Brown and, and, you know, Washington has had a great year and those other two guys just not quite as, uh, but, but St. Brown just disappeared. And I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to convince myself that it's just the offense. I'm trying to convince myself that it's that Notre Dame was just running the ball like crazy. Um, I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are, Nick, on, on Equinemia St. Brown and, and where you think he's going to, what 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 does the trajectory look like for him at the next level? Yeah, I mean the the common theme between those three receivers is two of them lost their quarterback to the NFL and one didn't, and then you know what what kind of happened there? They, you know, and, and I would have felt better too if Chase Chase Claypool didn't pl- outplay St. Brown at times. I was like, oh man, but I like Equinemius St. Brown still. There's a little honey hole here. This late first area where you can get guys. Now again, the rookie hype's going to happen. People are going to like just love guys out of nowhere. The combine, you know, whoever can be the Olympic, you know, champion in tights and the little, you know, but St. Brown, Tate, uh, this running back to be named still, I'm waiting on. Um, I think there's a, there's a, there's a, and we even, as you mentioned, Deion Kane too, they have potential. And you're getting guys that with some big potential late that haven't really shown it. That could be some pretty good values, I feel like, if, if these picks aren't super expensive to acquire. Um, and, and St. Brown, now again, he was my number one wide receiver in his class coming out. I like his work ethic for a six, five guy. He works hard. All those St. Browns work hard, by the way, if you guys don't know this, there are three of them. They're taking over basically the wide receiver position forever. They're going to be like, uh, the balls of basketball. I feel like, you know, the, oh, no. the, oh, that's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. Crazy. I know. I don't mean yeah. that way. I don't even like, I don't even like that whole thing. Yeah. I'm not a, I'm, St. Brown's going to get involved. Yeah, maybe okay. maybe they're gonna do it the right way. They're gonna exactly. they're gonna be what the balls should have should have yeah. been. <laughs> but but just like Equinemius Osiris, I haven't, I haven't studied the, the youngest yet. Who's in this? He'll be in this upcoming Dev report yet. But they're they're hard workers, and that's something I really value in prospects. 
Corey Davis worked hard. He worked hard on his weaknesses and continually got better. Equinemius is a good route runner, works hard, puts effort in after catches, puts effort into blocking. Those things give you playing time. Then that gives you targets and that gives you. So I think he's going to be a better pro than he was a college player. How good can he be? I don't know. When I watch him, I kind of think of Plaxico Burris, this skinny guy that's savvy. He's not going to be an amazing athlete, but he'll be okay. Nice. Sounds good. Intriguing. Um, so we're, we're at the 111, Will. What, so how are you going to round out your team? Uh, so, uh, again, it's just to recruit that I, I, I'm kind of going on the, the scale of maybe reaching a little bit here to try to, you know, get a diamond in the rough, uh, especially dur- like during counting stats. But he just is very – his profile as far as like uh, size and speed and receptions. And I'm looking not at this year, more about his previous year production about what he was doing and hoping that that's more of like the actual telltale uh, of what he is. But uh, here at the, um, I'm, I'm taking Kalen Balage at the, the one eleven. Okay. So Nick, <laughs> that's the best pick probably in this, this whole draft, <laughs> in my opinion. Great value at the one eleven or tremendous reach. I, I'm just not a Kalen Balage fan. I mean, he's, he's big. He's fast he's powerful but you know what there, there's just something to this where I, I just don't get it you know do you remember for years everyone was like man if an offensive coordinator would just utilize Lamar Miller you know if, if they man just wait till he's <laughs> with his next OC just wait till okay the newest team just it never happened there's something going on with Lamar Miller where he's just okay Kalen Blige we've been waiting for years Demario Richards playing over him, and he finally get, gets these opportunities. I mean, he has to – this year is his most carries. It's 153, and he can catch the ball. He had those six touchdowns in his one game against a terrible defense. You know, we, we get these little, these little highlight snippets. I mean, people that love Kalen Balazs – and I'm not referencing you, I'm saying in general. People that love Kalen Balazs, they love highlight films. When you watch a highlight film of Kalen Balazs, you're like, man, that guy can play. When you watch film of him, you're like, oh, man, bad cut, bad read. Uh, bad lateral agility, one splash play, and then a bunch of uh, plays. I don't, I can't get that hyped about him. I just can't. He's going to be a combine warrior. People are going to get hyped about him. Remember this, okay? Pump the brakes on Balazs. <laughs> I, I mean, he would have to be in a perfect system. He, everything would have to be so perfect for him, and I still don't see it happening because I don't think he's a natural running back. I think he's an athlete trying to do it. He has some skill, but, man, there's, there's some other running backs that have a lot more skill to him at this point in the draft. Well, and, and not having rushed for a thousand yards in his whole college career or anything like that, it's more. Uh, I, I like the the topic of him because he fits. You know, I mean, he's six two or six three, depending on where you look, uh, and is a big guy. So he's athletic, like size and fit profile. I think he's just a very interesting uh, one. I, I, you know, it, I'm not. <laughs> I'm never offended about our too early uh, rookie draft feedback. <laughs> well, I mean, so I think it's. I think it's good to know that he's. Uh, he, you know, just profiles out as a really nice athlete, but just not a great football player. Right. I mean, two years in a row, he's averaged 4.3 yards per carry in college. We think he's going to go to the NFL and average better. But the Pac-12 is known for its defense. I mean, for a little bit. I mean, Bryce Love plays in the Pac-12. I mean, what? I'm just kidding. It's the Pac-12 is terrible. He's going to all the time. Big Ben fan. I'd be like, why, why do the schools even matter in the Pac-12? The Big 12 well, is known for their pass defense, too. Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Hard-hitting. They had to play Arizona every year, Washington State. Oh, yeah. Shut down. Juggernauts. Shut down yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're at the, the 112. And, and I'm, I'm taking a guy here that, I'll be honest, I, I, other than a couple of YouTube videos, I haven't really seen him because he's not on TV. <laughs> But you look at his – and I'm a and, – and Nick, you should know I'm a stats guy. I mean, I, I'm not – you're like totally a tape guy, which I, I completely respect. But I'm, I'm like an analytic stats guy. And looking at Rashad Penny, who's my, my pick with the 112, I mean, the guy's just blowing up. He's been up huge numbers. And I, I know that I think this is the kind of the mystery guy, I believe, because I think you're pretty high on him. So what do you think of Rashad Penny with the 112? Ding, ding, ding. So Ryan wins the draft because of this pick as well. So (laughs) he's the guy I've been waiting for. I would take Penny over Chubb. Penny's in that conversation for me right after that Jones, Washington, and Ridley spot because you have a guy two years in a row that's had 
production. By the way, people forget about this. This this running back, people may have remembered named Donald Pumphrey, right, who did nothing with the Eagles, all-time NCAA leader in rushing yards. Penny was a backup to him and ran for 1,000 yards last year as a backup. Hmm. And he's not he's not small. He's 220. He's a big guy. Wow. He rem- yeah, he, is he he's he can make good cuts. He has power. He has speed. He has he has a very well-rounded game to him, and he's putting up the stats, which is what you want to see. So again, I know people are like he plays at San Diego State. I get it. My boy Corey Davis played at Western Michigan. I don't care. Does he have the traits? He has the traits. So then you're looking at does he have the stats? He has the stats. So then we're just going to see that athleticism. I think he's athletic enough. I don't think he's going to be uh, amazing, but. When you want to look at a guy coming from a small school that got drafted highly, Ryan Matthews came from Fresno State, and he only had one year of really good production like this. Uh, Penny, I don't think he's going to go around one like Matthews did or test as well, but I think he could be a day two pick, and I think that he's going to surprise and he's going to be a star in the NFL. Probably the low end. I don't know that the ceiling's going to be amazing, but man, this guy has good instincts. He has more receptions this year than Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb combined. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Man. <laughs> Dropping knowledge, Will. Will's the We're live here on the podcast. You're so. definitely getting closer to total, totally redeeming yourself. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I just, I really like the opinions on the players, as I think that's really good. And Rashad Penny is somebody that, before we did this draft, I didn't even, like, looked into. Uh, so he, he could be one of those value picks. Even, like, early – it, it depends what kind of rookie class you're in, or sorry, rookie draft you're in with your leagues. And these are the guys that uh, maybe, well, I mean, who knows when the combine comes, everybody gets hyped up about somebody, uh, what will change. I wanted to ask a, a question at the end of the draft because we, know, we all know that I won the draft. So it's, it's unimportant to continue that conversation. But who, so who is your one, uh, like, like, it's not maybe not the best example, but who's like your Braxton Miller of the class? Who is the one player that, has switched, that you could see potentially switching positions in the NFL or has switched positions late in his college career that would be a good – like that is your like, number one uh, prospect coming out of college? Hmm. And I, I didn't write this in the show sheet, so it's, it's kind of on the honest no, I, I, I can't – I'm trying to think of one. Um, you know, that reminds me of a little bit of tangent, but that reminds me of um, – there's a, there's a little bit of a theme here with, of defensive backs switching. And being successful. So Marquise Lee was a, a safety recruit, switched to wide receiver, successful there. Juju Smith-Schuster was also a safety recruit, switched to wide receiver. He was successful, just like Cortland Sutton was a safety recruit that switched to wide receiver, and he's been pretty yeah. successful. So there's a little bit of a theme there. Um, and while those guys kind of all went under the radar in terms of recruiting and have been successful, um, I can't think of a guy in this class. I can't answer that. I can't think of one right now. How about this one? How about this for an interesting fact, though? Troy Fumagalli, who is my tight end two, um, decent tight end class, I, I would say. It's not last year's class. I mean, we might not see yeah. that class ever again. No. Uh, Troy Fumagalli from, from Wisconsin only has nine fingers. Oh. Wow. And he's sure-handed. Interesting. Nine fingers. The guy I'm, from I'm Madison dropping some Wisconsin knowledge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nick, do you no, – I heard that. I heard I that uh, at least you're thinking like, it's so strange. Uh to see a nine like does he get special gloves yeah i think that they cut it and they sew it is what they do i mean he was born that way but i, I just think that's phenomenal that a pass catching guy and he's been this successful with with you know a, a hindrance a physical hindrance known for having great hands with nine fingers exactly that's awesome mm-hmm. hey nick i want to ask you this question I, i've been getting a feel in the little bit of you know listening to some of you guys that are you know specialists on uh, evaluating these rookies a little further in advance it sounds to me like that there's a, a top six ish kind of forming in this class obviously i think it's a, a clear-cut number one um but it also sounds to me like from like the 108 to maybe like even the middle of the second round that there's not a whole lot of difference. Are, are you, do you feel like that heading into the off season early before we start getting really close to draft season, that buying early second round picks or even, you know, 204, 205, 206 picks is going to be the way to go. Um, I mean, obviously if you can acquire the first round picks, but I feel like, like sometimes those second round picks are given, given away more easy. It, it seems to me like that might be a viable strategy to really add some, some difference makers to a roster, maybe at a little bit lower cost. Do you agree with that or? or? 
What's your yeah, thoughts I, there? I, I do agree with you because a lot of these guys, as we talked about before, the quarterbacks or some of the receivers, they disappointed and they didn't necessarily have amazing junior or senior years or however you want to word it. I mean, you want to look at a guy like uh, like a Richie James is a guy that I really like at Middle Tennessee State, uh, a smaller receiver, but can do literally everything um, and had some just phenomenal stats there. Um, he got hurt. And so he didn't, he's not going to have the stats of this year. He might not even participate in the combine. And we'll have to see how his recovery goes. So, um, you know, that that's like a guy that's going to fall. Damian Harris. Uh, for mm. some reason, he ran for 1,000 yards at Alabama last year. And people act <laughs> like Bo Scarborough because of one or two games is the stud. And I was way against that and got hated on Twitter. And look, <laughs> here he's having a better year again this year. Let's see how he tests. You know, yeah. uh, and, and there's a lot of guys like, I mean, Mark Andrews, you even talked about my tight end one. He's in there. So you have a lot, you have a bunch of guys there. I think that could be contributors. And I think because of the disappointing, it's going to be, what's your flavor, right? And we all have different flavors of guys that we'd like and, and chances we want to make in this draft and like Caitlin Balazs or whomever it is. Um, and I think yeah, that, that range, uh, it might even extend a little bit further than that. But I think you're right. Those second round picks could be cheap to acquire. And I would acquire those anyway. Why? They're only going to gain value. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's like it's like that stock that's guaranteed not to fall down. So it's going to yeah. continually gain interest, and you could just ship it off right before, and maybe ship it off your second and third this year for first next year. Yeah, and I'm kind of in a unique position this year. Like I, I'm looking at my, you know, the the my main, kind of main dynasty leagues, and I sold a lot of my first round picks this year because I've I'm contenders in in many of those leagues. And, um, you know, it's kind of like last year, I was the opposite. I was out, I, you know, took some injuries, you know, I had a lot of shares of Watkins and Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins last year. And so I, I was, you know, acquiring first round picks. So I've got a lot of these young guys, you know, a lot of shares of Mixon. And, um, so now I'm on the opposite side of it where I, last year I had a, a, you know, pretty, a pretty big chunk of rookie picks. And now I'm kind of on the other side. So I'm, I'm trying to discern, you know, how to go about that. I'm like, I'm, as, as the end of the fantasy playoffs are, you know, right around the corner, I'm a little bummed. So I'm, I'm trying to strategize how I want to move forward and start acquiring some of those rookie picks pretty, pretty immediately um, after the season ends. And so that's kind of where that question comes from. I got some for you because it sounds like that I can acquire my first round guys a little bit later. <laughs> You could wait to the third round potentially, Will, and get those. Back. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, awesome. I, I wanted to chime in really quick because I just want to know your opinion and a little. Uh, what were you thinking about, like Akram Wadley from Iowa? Where do you see him going? Well, that's that's a good point because I, uh, you guys had asked me to to highlight a couple of games, potentially bowl games, and his his is a game that I I would watch. Um, that's a low end. I mean, we're going to be watching, you know. Uh, whoa, 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 low, low end. <laughs> mainly because i was in the are you are i mean do you have that ohio state game just on repeat is that what this is yeah i mean i live for that oh man that was that was a beat down that was funny to see but yeah i mean the so iowa plays boston college in, in the new era pinstripe bowl and, and that was one of the games i highlighted because there are three guys there i think that if you're debbie if you're you know rookie drafts there's some guys that you should watch to have some potential so a uh, wadley is one of the guys as you had mentioned will um, I've, I've been a fan of him, man, for a while. I, I think if you actually watch him, how can you not be a fan of him? This guy just makes plays all the time. He makes the first guy miss, I feel like, every single time. I, I know it's not actual or, – or, I'm sorry, factual, but it seems like every time he makes a miss and he's smaller. I can't – and, again, maybe you can answer this, Will. My comp for him – so, again, really good pass catching back, really shifty, good, not amazing athlete, but um, he's between a theoretic – and between um, a Shady McCoy for me, he's going to be somewhere in that range. Where is he for you? Uh, one, I love both those comps. <laughs> because, to, I mean, uh, watch, watching him in college, to, to me, it always looks like he's running a lot slower than what he actually is compared to the other people on the field. Uh, with, with either his works with his strides or what he's doing, uh, his actual, like, athleticism. Like, and he, I don't know, he always steps up to the moment in the big play. Like, he's a competitor – he even stayed an extra year at Iowa to get a little bit more experience and do what he's doing on a, on a bad team. It was probably going to be a bad team, and he knew it. Uh, to, to compare him to either of those two guys, you know, I'm not, I'm not skilled enough, <laughs> enough to say that. But, uh, I mean, I would hope I, – I would like him to put on a little bit more weight for, for the pros because I think he's still sitting – I mean, I, I think his college profile has him slightly over 200 or like 196, and that's 
I mean, to, unless he's going to be that third down back or that change of pace uh, for, for his NFL career, I'm just so excited that there is an Iowa running back that I can now draft in my rookie drafts for fantasy football. Like, there's nothing – there's no player that I'm more excited about than him. And I had a hard time not taking him just at the end just so we could talk about him. <laughs> I mean, Sean Green was you know, probably the best running back in his own class. That's how bad that class turned out. But, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so, so Akram Wadley is one of them. Uh, and also in that, you know, in that game, two other guys to jot down for everyone to, to watch Noah Fant. Tight end, athletic, mm-hmm. big, 6'5", uh, probably 230, 240. Um, he can move. He, he, he can move for a tight end. So those are the guys that you want to watch out for. How will he develop? I don't know, but he's made a lot of big plays for them this year. And then the other side of the ball, a guy, and, man, I tell you what, I, I watched this guy. He was big, lots of good effort. And I was like, I just don't see him being the athlete. A.J. Dillon, man, is just having a year for Boston College as the running back. So he's a true freshman making plays. That guy's going to hurt some defenders on Iowa. I'm telling you, he's going to lower the boom. you got to watch out. you got to wrap. you got to gang tackle that guy. <laughs> so watch out for him. Uh, another game for people to watch, um, you know, a little bit lower on the spectrum, but some prospects I think that are worth noting. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl, uh, you're going to have Iowa State and Memphis. So Memphis has Anthony Miller. People, I think, of know him. He's been hyped up because of his, uh, his statistical, um, you know, brass. I mean, I think he's top of, top of the nation, maybe. Um, 5'11", 190. I'm not as hyped on him uh, as others are. I wasn't as hyped on Zay Jones as other people are, still are, potentially. Uh, I think that Anthony Miller is a poor version of Richie James, who I'd already mentioned. I don't think he's quite as explosive. He makes his good ball skills. I just don't see enough quick twitch from him. Um, I think some of his route running is a little predictable but we'll see you know I've, 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 I haven't done a ton of game film watching him I've done a little bit the other guy I'm more excited about for Iowa State David Montgomery man that guy's a good running back good instincts powerful can make guys miss um, but he'll be only Debbie he's only a sophomore so that's another guy to watch out for in the low end of these bowl games yeah, I was gonna ask what year he was uh, that's I mean as an Iowa fan Iowa State looks really good for the future at the moment yeah, well, I mean, when you got – yeah, I mean, they're building. They're getting better. I mean, they, they just extended their coach too. Yeah. I mean, I, I root for Iowa State outside of the Iowa game, so I like it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Nick, I wanted to ask you, um, just kind of putting you on the spot here, give us a few names that you think are great uh, by low rookies from the 2017 class, maybe guys that, you know, perform, but, you know, still you think – where they're being valued right now overall could, could really be bought at a decent yeah. price. Um, I, I know that there's, I know you mentioned earlier, Patrick Mahomes, he's a guy that um, I know we've talked about on this podcast uh, once or twice being a, a great, especially in super flex leagues, being a, a really great buy right now. Uh, but who are a few other names that heading into the off season, we could, we could look at acquiring. Well, geez, I mean, Evan Ingram's a guy that was my wide receiver too. If he played wide receiver in the draft, I mean, I think he's just almost untouchable. I think people think he's just going to be so great. So I think he's out. Um, honestly, I think my boy is potentially the one, Corey Davis. I think people are going to be disappointed with the year that he had. I think he's one to maybe knock on that door and see how highly they're going to value him. Uh, he was, he's been injured. Um, and this guy named Marcus Mariota has been terrible this year. So I don't think we can put all this on Davis. And plus, he's a rookie. So, again, that year one to year two is what you're looking for. So, I think Davis might be one to knock on uh, that owner's door. Same with Mike Williams, a guy that's injured. Dalvin Cook had a good start to the year. He's injured. Those are the guys you want to seek out. They're like, man, I expected more there. And especially if you can dangle that. Maybe when we just talked about this, that late first-round pick after those top six, you can dangle that out there and get one of these guys. Um, I would. Um, also another guy was injured who's done literally nothing. I don't know how cheap you could acquire him. John Ross. Why not? Good athlete. I think he's a much better football player than people give him credit for. And Marvin Lewis should be gone. So when you have a new yeah. coach come in with that talent, I also like Josh Malone there too, as if, if you want a complete oh, yeah. throw, um, really liked him at Tennessee. So those are some guys, uh, that's guy's going to be cheap. You know what I mean? M- Malone would just be on waivers. You should be able to get him. I mean, later in that class, there's not a whole lot of guys that I would really – man, if you want like a, a guy that's – I mean, I think Cooper Cup, people realize he's a, he's a player. You know what I mean? So I think he's going to be overvalued a little bit. I mean, if you want some dart throws potentially, uh, Wayne Gallman, I've always liked him. I don't think he has a humongous high ceiling, but it may be a year starter. He could do that. Um, 
Yeah, he's a guy yeah. I was looking to pick up on waivers in a couple of leagues because I think that Darkwa is a free agent, I believe. So I think Gallman's a guy that could get a shot to win the starting job there. But of course, they'll have new coaching staff, and that's, you never know. Yeah. So, yeah, besides that, I mean, I kind of already mentioned if you're in the super flex leagues, I would look at Trubisky. I'm, I'm not a huge Mahomes guy, uh, even though you guys are. Um, just those fundamentals. I don't know really if can flush that. I don't really see him as a system guy. I think I mean, he's just more of a, you know, uh, what do you call it? Backyard, old school type of, you know, run around and make plays. I'm, I'm not a big fan of those quarterbacks, but yeah. you never know. All right, Nick. So we're almost out of time. So we want to thank you for joining the Fantasy Joes. And also the Debbie Report. Um, when does it come out? We're going we're gonna to talk about it. Hopefully you can come back on the show when it comes out. Only $10. So when does it come out? When should we, we be looking for that? Well, I'm working on it now, and I'm not sure when it's going to come out. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully February, uh, if not March. Awesome. All right. Well, you'll, we'll definitely, you know, if you, if you got a chance, then we'll, we'll invite you back. You're always welcome on the Fancy Joes, and we yeah. appreciate the time. Yeah, yeah man. Thank you, awesome. Nick. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> So we had so much we wanted to talk about this week that we had to divide up the show into two shows, essentially. So that was uh, part one with Nick Whalen. And coming up soon is part two. We'll talk about our uh, moments of the week, our letdowns of the week, and of course, our hot, bold, spicy takes. So thanks for joining us for part one and look for part two. <laughs>